I'd like to remind you just of the first verse and a half, basically, uh, of the gospel reading, uh, the text for our meditation today. Uh, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. On the basis of these words of Scripture and in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my sisters and brothers in faith, Arguably, one of the most well-known Broadway musicals is The Sound of Music. And from that show, we get the familiar song, Climb Every Mountain. And it really, when you evaluate that song, it's about um, walking through life and heading in a certain direction and overcoming obstacles and so on and so forth. But it came to mind because I love mountains. My wife and I, as many of you know, have traveled all over the world, and many destinations involve mountains. And one of them was just a little over a week ago. We were hiking, or as I'd like to say, hiking with a purpose in the Sierra Madres of central Mexico. And it wasn't easy. Our journey each day began at, in a little village that was 8,500 feet above sea level. And we went each day, ascended to about 11,000 feet. Now, it was made easier, I will admit, by the fact that the first one-third of our journey each day was in a pickup truck. It had benches along the back, you know, in the open cab. Fortunately, because I have back trouble, they let me sit up in the cab. I'm not sure that was much better because it was very bouncy. And then the second third of the trip was done on horseback, which was an experience. And then we had to walk the last part. And walking was on trails that were often quite narrow, at the edge of severe drop-offs, dusty, um, the dust must have been an inch thick, or not sand, it really was dust. We were dusty up to our knees by the time we were done. But the difficulty was that there were all sorts of loose pebbles in that dust. So it was kind of slippery at times. Not to mention that you had roots from trees that were sticking up in odd angles here and there, plus rocks that you often had to scramble up and over or down and around and on and on. It wasn't easy, but when we got to the top, the views, of course, in the valley were amazing, but we were there to see millions 
of monarch butterflies who had made a two to 3,000 mile journey to be there. Now, my assignment today is not to regale you with vacation stories. But I think that what we experienced in Mexico is really very much related to what we've been talking about in this series about breaking free. Life is like climbing a mountain. We even say things to people that I guess are meant to encourage them. Things like, wise up, straighten up. We are on this journey, climbing through life, and there are lots of obstacles. And in the last five weeks, that's what we've talked about. All these obstacles, doubts and fears, anxieties, troubles, trials, temptation, guilt, shame. All of these things that Satan puts into our path in order to try to trip us up. Obstacles that he's placed in our journey to get us to stumble and even to fall. What was helpful was that as we traveled in Mexico, we had three guides who would give us a helping hand, who would, of course, show us the way and do all sorts of things for us. And we, in our journey up the mountain, have three guides as well. God the Father, who made us, and because of that, calls us his own, who loves us, who cares for us, who continues to watch over us day by day. God the Son, who went so far as to come down to earth to experience what we do in our climb, who climbed with us through life and, and for us, and God the Holy Spirit, who through word and sacrament continues to strengthen us and encourage us in our climb. And let's be clear, God is not asking us to climb every mountain, but he's inviting us to climb his. In our text, in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus invites three of his disciples 
to climb a high mountain with him. And it was probably difficult, but it was well worth the effort. Because there at the top, they saw Jesus transformed, changed in front of them into all his heavenly glory, brilliant, radiant. What a stunning vision they had. And then it was over. And Matthew, in what I think is one of the most stunning understatements in Scripture, says that they looked up and saw no one except Jesus. And my response is, what more do you need? The writer to the Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, which you might guess comes right after Hebrews chapter 11, but I bring that up because Hebrews chapter 11 is that great faith chapter. It's this whole story about all sorts of what we call heroes of faith, but no, ordinary men and women who already made the climb, sometimes not knowing where they were going or how they were going to get there or how they were going to get through the things that they were called to get through, but they did it. And after the writer tells us all about all of these people in Hebrews chapter 11, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, he says, do what they did. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because he, for you, climbed another mountain with a cross on his back. And the weight of our sins on his shoulders. And the climb that he made was not easy. Throughout the life that he lived here, he faced opposition, challenges, temptations, troubles and trials of every kind. And he went through all of them, overcame all of them with compassion and grace and love and caring. And yet he ended at the top of the mountain, nailed to a cross, where he died for us. But of course, he overcame that too. On Wednesday, we will begin the season we call Lent. 
Lent is a time when we are asked once again to climb that mountain called Calvary. And it's worth the effort because at the top, the view is magnificent. For there we see the undeserved, unfailing, unflinching love of God. There we see the Son of God with his arms wide open, asking us to come to him, to climb his mountain. Asking us to join him there. And so we climb. Life is like climbing a mountain. And there are many obstacles. And those obstacles are not going to go away, even though we keep our eyes on Jesus, even though we know what he's done. In fact, I'm convinced that there are times when Satan throws more obstacles in our paths than other people's because he wants to trip us up. But we know when we keep our eyes on Jesus, we know that our heavenly guide is as close as a prayer, as close as opening the book that he's given us as real as the bread and the wine of the sacrament. Our God is as close to us as a helping hand, as a listening ear, as a shoulder on which to cry. He's as close to us as a hug, as a telephone call that says, how are you doing? As a greeting card that says, get well, or we miss you. All of those help us to feel the presence of God in our life. You see, there's a great difference between reading about the monarch butterfly migration, even studying about it, seeing a video of it, and actually experiencing it. And so there's a big difference between knowing about God and even doing some study about God and actually experiencing God. Jesus is inviting us 
to come up the mountain. But remember, he was with those three disciples. And he'll be with us. He's inviting us to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with him in Bible reading, in prayer, in devotion, in just a quiet time of meditation, setting some time aside to be with him. And then to do that corporately as well, to gather for worship. And during Lent, maybe to come an extra time in the middle of the week and gather with others who are making the climb to worship and praise, to grow together as we study, to share together in the meal to encourage one another, to build each other up for the journey. It's worth it, you see. If you've been to the mountains, you know that the higher you climb, the more magnificent the view. And so with our journey up God's mountain, the higher we get, the closer we get to him, the more magnificent the view. Until one day when we reach the summit and the view is indescribable beyond our comprehension. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, now we see through the mirror dimly, but then, face to face, now we know only in part, then, we will know fully, even as we have been fully known. God knows us fully. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And the amazing thing to me about that is that he loves me anyway. And he's there with us on our journey every step of the way. Lots of obstacles in our path. We have the assurance that our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are with us every step of the way. God bless you in your climb. In Jesus' name, amen.